This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob here at the Fearless Agent Podcast headquarters for real estate sales professionals just like you where we explain why everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. And I'm joined in studio. Now, he's not in the studio. He's at home. Uh, Ron Bagwell, famous fearless agent coaching student in Virginia. How are you, Ron? I'm doing very well, Bob. Thank you. <clears throat> now, should we tell the the kids out there in Radioland uh, what we do on the on our little coaching calls? Should we let them in on a little secret, one little secret? Sure, let's do it. Well, we do the headlines of the day. You're familiar with that, aren't you? I am. Is that the only good part? Is it your favorite part? Do you wish we would eliminate it? Whatever you do, do not eliminate okay. the headlines. Of well, that. here's one. The Consumer Electronics Show was uh, a while back in Las Vegas, and it shows new technology that makes you hate the TV you just bought for yourself in Christmas just a couple of weeks ago. That's what the purpose of that is. Did you know that? No. Yeah. By the way, I picked up a really good book the other day because it was laying on top of the remote control. That's how I live my life. I think that's kind of how we do it. You're shallow like me, aren't you, Ron? Mm-hmm. Oh, God bless you. Now, you have a question, and when when I'm driving to the podcast and you have a question, that's how you end up on the air. That's how we do it. So timing okay. is the key to comedy. I always wanted to know how that worked. That's how it works. So, yeah. So, um, well, yeah, so I called you because I have a question about, you know, what to do when you've set an appointment with someone and then you later discover as you're doing the comps, there's no way they have enough equity. And and also to, to make sure I'm right on what I think the value is. Okay. Well, what do you think it is? I think it should be right around 300. Okay. So for the folks tuning in, perhaps for the first time, and they're not fearless agents like you, we have an objective definition of what fair market value is. So if I want to know what fair market value is on a property, the last thing I'm going to do is ask some agent about comps. Okay. I'm not going to be interested in some uh, appraiser's opinion. None of that will tell me anything. I don't want to know what they were selling for two months ago. I don't know. You know, none of that stuff matters. When you're on the market and it's active in the MLS and it's on lockbox and you don't have a Doberman or angry tenant scaring people away, you're open for business, in other words, and you're getting one showing a day, you know, after the initial burst is over, that is the objective definition of fair market value and no sane person could ever argue otherwise. In other words, if you have a listing, it's let's say it's priced at three twenty-five, and you're getting a showing a day, uh, you are not – anybody who's been in the business for a while is going to tell you if you're not going to have to wait any longer than 30 days, it will sell at three twenty-five, assuming the market's not plummeting. But that would be an that would be indicated by the number of showings going down, so you would know that. <clears throat> that makes sense to you, Ron? It does. Okay. Yeah. So what you're trying to do when you're a real estate professional is you're trying to guess based on 
uh, and I would look at active comps more than I would look at sold comps, but um, the sold comps kind of say it's 300, not 400, it's 300, not 200 that gets you in the ballpark, but the active comps that are equal to it or better than it in every way in every ex- other, with the exception only of condition. So condition almost doesn't matter because I can always smear a little whipped cream on poop and add money and make it better. Um, but the thing – so I can change the condition, but changing the location is going to be tough. So location is a much bigger uh, deal. And then the features, square footage, you know, that kind of stuff, bedrooms, garages. So let's describe the house so we know what we're talking about. Okay. So we know how to think this through. All right. <clears throat> so it was built in 1964. Okay. It's it, in the middle of Equityville, USA. Yes. Is it a single-family uh, home, regular house? Yes, single-family detached. Okay. And then how many bedrooms? Six. Wow. So somebody added on to that house after it was built, yes or yes? I think not in this particular case. Well, how many square feet is it? 3,582 square feet. How big is the lot? Square the footage. lot size, yes. Roughly. Is roughly, uh, let's see, I thought I wrote that down. This makes for good radio, doesn't it, Ramon? When <laughs> This is called icing the crowd. This is what we do. We... Ask a guy to look up definitions of things. In Lots. The- oh, there we go. <laughs> okay, so suspense is over. Uh, Thanks for being prepared, Ron. We really appreciate that. But- <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, I had it in the window here. 29,621 square 30, foot lot. 30,000 square foot lot. Yeah. So this is out on the outskirts of town. No, this is actually within a suburban neighborhood area with many, many houses all around it. Well, I will tell you, because I was alive in 1964, uh, not 1864, like some of you think, 1964, this is uh, the Johnson administration, not Andrew Johnson, Ramon, the other Johnson. Uh, Anybody who bought a six-bedroom, 35 hundred square foot house was a gugillionaire. The Rothschilds had a smaller house back then on a smaller lot. So that's a that's a big, big house that's very hard to do comps on. And that's why you're calling me. Right? Right. Okay. Um that's true. So here's what yeah. just about nobody wants. There's good news, it's a big house, which people do want. Six bedrooms is great if you're Jewish, Mormon, or Catholic. Uh, and in no other circumstances. Uh, but but it is 1964, so uh, uh, let me ask you something. Is it walking distance to a temple, to a synagogue? I couldn't tell you. Okay. I would up. find that out because that would increase the value of it. But uh, that's a big house. So uh, what's the best, your best guess is 300, did you say-ish? Yes. Right around there, I believe so, yeah. Okay. It's unique, which normally means hideous in real estate. Unique is never a good word. When you see the words in the remarks, it says unique floor plan. That means hideous, right? <laughs> um, so it's uniquely large. Is it two-story? I... It is a uh, – yeah, well, here's the thing. It's 
it's a it's a ranch. It's but not it's one story. Walkout basement. Okay. So yeah, you have to go up and downstairs. <clears throat> and yeah. is the basement the exact same dimensions as the ground level living area? Just about. Okay, yeah. so it's it's. Uh, no, I take that back. I take that back. <laughs> that's like two seventeen hundred square foot homes stacked on top of each other. Is what that would be. Above ground square foot, 2166, finished basement area, 1416. Okay. So, uh, and the seller has to sell or they don't have to sell? That's that's a question I don't know the answer to. Everybody listening, ask yourself that question about all your listings that you currently have or ever will have. Does the seller have to sell? Because if the seller has to sell, that means if they're upside down on the loan, they will write a check to get out of it. So that's what have to sell means. Have to sell means I died already and, you know, all my stuff's going away. Has to sell means I broke my hip and I'm in a, I'm in a uh, 3582 square foot with a walkout basement, you know, so I'm going to be walking out the basement anymore. Um, have to sell means I lost my job, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Want to sell, different different issue, and that causes problems sometimes. So you think at two ninety nine nine you would get one showing a day only and not more. Is that true? Probably that's right. I could be wrong. But well, I yes, think- you are wrong. <laughs> no, no, we're, no, we're, no one guesses exactly right. You're, that's not what we're doing. But you're okay. get, you have to guess, and you're making an educated guess. You're a smart guy. You're a fearless agent, by the way. Not, not, no small thing. So uh, I would say um, I'd, be, I'd be tend to trust you. Now, here's a little thing about we realtors. We're not objective on pricing. Uh, sellers, have you noticed they're not exactly objective on pricing? I have noticed that, yes. So if you say to us, by the way, did you ask this seller the million-dollar question? I did. Okay. So for those of you tuning in for the first time, the million-dollar question, when you're booking the listing appointment, after you've asked them a bunch of questions about their house, you slide this one in. You say, you know, how many square footage is your house or, you know, whatever you're asking them. And they say, oh, yeah, we got uh, six bedrooms and we got three bathrooms and there's a microwave and a pantry and blah, 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 blah. And then you say, you know, if you were going to – win a million dollars prize money by guessing correctly what price realistically do you think a buyer would pay for your house so then they typically say well i don't know and then you say well if you did know what would the answer be and then they say well you know the guy uh, behind me he's asking uh 400,000 for his house and uh, I think ours is like better because you know we got the heavy duty nails and you know we put up a dog run on the side and we got you know curtains in the bathroom and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and you say, oh, so if you're going to win a million dollars by guessing correctly, what price realistically do you think a buyer would pay for your house? And he goes, well, you know, the guy across the street he sold his house three years ago for two hundred and eighty thousand dollars. You say, oh, okay, well. If you're going to win a million dollars by guessing correctly, what price realistically do you think a buyer would pay for your house? 
And then they say, well, gee, Bob, you know, you're the real estate professional. Aren't you supposed to tell me? And then I say, well, this is a this is a mental health quiz. I'm trying to find out if you're crazy before I show up. So what's the answer? Okay, so they give me the answer, right? So what was the answer they gave you? 320000 Okay, so when some seller says to you, we think our house, would a buyer would pay 320000 Now, when... If you had asked them how much do you think your house is worth, they would have said three fifty, which is the reason we don't say that. So they, when they say three twenty is what they think a buyer would pay, there's a little voice in their head that's lying to them, and they know that, and they know that their house is worth three hundred if they say three twenty, don't you think? Mm-hmm. So you've never, probably ever, or hardly ever will have a seller <clears throat> guess. A price that's too low. Isn't that true? Oh, certainly. So yeah. if we were objective, we humans, if we were objective about pricing, wouldn't we one half of the time be too high, guessing, and one half of the time be too low? Wouldn't that be objectivity? Sure. But that never happens, does it? 99% of the time, they're too high if they're a seller. Now, let's talk about realtors. And their opinion on the listing they're about to get or want to get, are they objective and 50% of the time they guess too low? Do you guess too low 50% of the time, Ron? I happen to know the answer to this, so be careful. (laughs) No. No, he does not. That's correct. He, in fact, like all of you listening and me when I was a realtor, we guessed too high. So it's good to know that about yourself and say, okay, if 300 is my opinion – Maybe 275 is the right number. Maybe 280 is the right number, okay? But it doesn't matter. That house is worth what it's worth. The market knows what it's worth. God knows what it's worth. And it doesn't matter what you think, and it doesn't matter what the seller thinks either, does it? That's right. Yeah. And there is only one way to find out exactly what it is worth, and that's to have it active in the MLS and adjust the price up or down until you get one showing a day on and after the initial spurt is over. So if you're in the second week of the listing and you're getting a showing a day at 300, it's worth 300 and if you raise the price to 301, you wouldn't get one showing a week because you're just on the high side of the 100. So when you're close to that 100 barrier, you want to be you got to be below it for sure. Like the difference between 275 and 250 is a lot lower than the difference between 300 and 325. Makes right. sense? Okay. Mm-hmm. So now, knowing that, let's let's assume you're right and it's worth and at 299 we would get one showing a day. How much does he owe? 300. Okay. So for those of you tuning in, here's a little quick exercise. Take $300,000, add 14% to that. 342 is what he would have to sell for to break even. And you go, Bob, where did you arrive at that? How did you come up with that? Well, 12%, if he sold it for 340000 ish and the 12% was the cost of selling it, which would be true if Ron was going to charge 7%, uh, which he should do. And then uh, 
then the seller forgot to mention that there is a prepayment penalty on that loan, and then he forgot to mention that there was a uh, a thing that he has to pay off, another thing that he loaned a guy some money. And so it takes care of all of that kind of stuff. So going up, it's 14% added on to what they owe. To get the break-even number and coming down, it's 12%. Make sense? Yes. Okay. So what kind of magic trick would you need to do to sell it for 342 a fearless agent magic trick. Is it possible? It's possible. But you wouldn't be promising that to them. So what would happen to these people if they didn't sell? They but, would not be able to move their just to their destination, their preferred destination. Okay, so they don't have to sell. It's just something that they would like to do. Yeah, again, I haven't gotten down to that. How long ago did they yeah. buy? By the way, if any of this stuff that we talk about on the Fearless Agent Podcast makes sense to any of you, and you happen to be, you, you personally are earning less selling real estate than you wish you were, and you would be open to the idea of having some help with that, like Ron was. Uh, if you would like to learn more, you can call me anytime at 480-385-8810. That is my cell phone. Ron, when they call, will I answer? Yes. Yes, and, and that could be bad luck for them because that's how they would end up on the podcast, like you didn't even want to do. <laughs> But that's beside the point. But we would just see if you and what you're trying to accomplish in your in your uh, real estate career and what we do, if it would be a good fit. If it is a good fit, you will get rich. And if it's not, we'll just admit that. And I'm still happy to help you. So I love talking to realtors. Don't think you're bothering me. Do not email me. Do not text me because emailing and texting is bad habits for sales. So we practice what we, pre- what we preach. Always call me at 480-385-8810. By the way, what recommendation would you give to somebody who might be considering calling me and doing coaching with us, Ron? Well, I cough I would, and drink would, coffee. Yes, uh, I would do it and do it often. Okay, so sign up for coaching every day is what you're saying. <laughs> so, or call every day, yeah. Yeah, that's how I get rich. Okay, so... Um, and, and you had a little breakthrough where uh, you scheduled five listing appointments in one week. That's a good thing, right? That's right. Sadly, this was one of them, the one we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And this is, a uni- well, this is a unique situation. So they don't have to sell, and there is – so here's the question you would ask yourself, and, and you could ask them too. Is there any chance – that two years from today, they will still be living in this house. I Am I going to answer for them? Well, I'm asking you. Or, yeah. What do you think their answer would be? Any chance? Uh, I would say yes, that's possible. Okay. So they don't have a money problem, which means they're not a seller. And it also seems unlikely that over the next two years that that house would go up in value. Do you think that's likely or unlikely? I think it's unlikely. Yeah, I, I doubt it. This, I, probably not. Here's how I know it won't. In 1964, it was built on two-thirds of an acre, okay? And today, that 3,500-square-foot house, which would be a $5 million, $10 million house in Los Angeles or Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, is still only worth $300,000. So it has not had a track record of going up, and the land underneath that house is almost worthless. 
per acre. It's not worth very much. So it, I don't think, honestly, I don't think you could build that house for $300,000, even if you already own the land. Right. So right. pretty true. bad investment, mm-hmm. right? So I exactly. would say that to them. I would say, wow, you couldn't have picked a worse investment if you care about getting rich. And real estate is about getting rich because you can always rent a place to live. So if the house you buy doesn't go up in value, you're better off renting because they're paying taxes and all kinds of stuff on that. So that might motivate them to lose. How long ago did they buy it? They bought it in 2003. What did they pay then? 250. Okay. So if you bought a house in 2003 for 250, that'd be like buying a let's pretend you bought a condo in 2003. How many years ago is that? I'm horrible at math. Uh, 17 years ago. So let's say you bought a condo 17 years ago for $25,000 and today it's worth 30. Can you imagine? Yeah, what a horrible investment yep. that is. Okay. So, uh, you know, there's properties that have doubled in value over that period of time. So the reason it didn't is because it's too big, it's uh, too too much acreage uh, in the wrong town maybe for doubling in value. And you have kind of a vacation market there, don't you? Mm -hmm. We do. So you are in uh, Virginia Beach? That's right. So – it's not dense in Virginia Beach. If I look at uh, Google Maps, I'm not going to see neighborhood after neighborhood after neighborhood and no no vacant land. There's vacant land out there, cows and chickens. There and is horses. vacant land, but but there it's in one area that we have a rural zone, and but everywhere else is pretty much sprawling suburbs. Okay, well that's dense. Yeah. So. Uh, Whatever whatever the reason is, it's not going up. It's not going up. So what's what's the thing to do? The thing to do is to tell the truth. So you have to tell the truth to the seller, whether they want to hear it or not, whether you want to say it or not. At some point, you won't care uh, about giving the truth to people and telling them what they don't want to hear because you uh, – are booking five listing appointments a week and you got 50 more look just like them and it really doesn't – what they think of you really isn't the issue. So I always say, as you know, Ron, never care what people think, never care what people say, and never care what people do because that's none of your business. That's their business. You need to care what you think and what I hope you think is telling people the truth is better than not. You need to care what you say, which better be the truth and care what you do and what you should do is not take listings ever and you have violated this in the past as have we all so never take a listing where the seller is not willing to sell the house at fair market value so the question i would ask these folks there's always a magic question that needs to be asked is if the best you could do uh was three hundred thousand and I'm not saying it is, but if that was the best you could do and you knew it and somebody paid you $300,000 cash, would you take that money and get on with your life or would you ride this horrible investment all the way into the toilet? That's the question, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, in fact, I'm writing it down as we speak. So if you if $300,000 – 
which is fair market value. And that's my guess, but I don't think I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong high. I'm not wrong low. I'm sure of that. If $300,000 was the best you could do and you knew it, would you take that money today and get on with your life? Now, if they sold it, what would they buy? Well, I don't know that either. Well, where did they say they were moving to? Is either it a FISBO? Currently, it's a FISBO. It used to be an expired. So it's like a that's, hybrid. That's why you don't know. Because normally, if you're a fearless agent, you would know, with the exception of FISBOs and expires. But when you go there, you'll find that out. Right. And your other question was, should I go? Why <laughs> yeah. would I waste my time going on this steaming pile, right? Mm-hmm. And the answer exactly. to that would be to help them. So if you go and you help them, so so if you're not going to skip steps, and I know you're not, because I would tease you till you cry if you did, right? That's what right. you pay me for. So you're going to do the expired list introduction. That gets their head right, lets them know what's at stake. Then you're going to do your preview of coming attractions. That makes them feel comfortable with you and what's going to happen with you tonight. Then you're going to do the four questions. The first question is, where are you moving to? And that could be 10 or 15 questions. And by the time you're done with the where are you moving to question, they probably would be 100% sold on you. And then by the time you're done with the four questions, they're sold on you, and then you would know if you're going to even bother taking the tour of their house, which I would not do if uh, they weren't 100% sold on me and uh, I knew they were in a have-to-sell no matter what situation. But you might find out that they are. Okay. Um, People are desperate, you know, money problems. They make bad decisions. One bad decision they make is for sale by owner. They already made another bad decision. They chose an agent who allowed them to fail, so they were expired also. Twice. Strike two, swing and a miss, right? And yep. and now, so they got a busted picker, is the way I would say it. So now's the time for them to make the right choice, finally, if they have to sell. Oh, the other the other choice is they could live there and die in that house and, you know, at a ripe old age of whatever, and that's fine, too. But you should be there only to give them good advice, care about them, don't care about getting the listing. What if they're an hour and 15 minutes away from where I live? Well, are they? Yes. Well, I, then, I, the then I wouldn't go. Okay. What, what, what town are they in? The, um, they're in a neighboring city called Newport News. Well, is, I don't. Just, I don't think I have a fearless agent in that town. That would be the other thing I would recommend is recommending a um, a uh, fearless agent in that town because uh-huh. you know you would get paid. Right, right. So, so would you call them up and say, "Look, I run the numbers, and what do I say?" Or would you? What would you do? Uh, I would, uh, you know what? I do have a fearless agent in that town. 
I just looked it up. Oh, you do? Yeah. So I'll give that to you off the air. Um, okay. The uh, That's too far to drive. Although, yeah. that's up to you. But it's it's $400 an hour when you're driving to not get a listing. That's the way to look at it. So it costs you $800 to find out you don't get the listing or you do either way. Right. Because you could be, that driving time would be better spent on the phone prospecting. Exactly. Or hanging out with your family, assuming they're nothing like my family. (laughs) So so if I decide not to do it, or, you know, I call them up and I, what, what are the words I say to, you know, graciously? Well, I would say, you know, um, here's the thing. Your, your, their house is in the middle of nowhere, as it turns out, isn't it? No, it's, it's, is, which it's is a dense, which is a denser town where you live or their, their town? Their town is denser because it's smaller. Bigger and, population? You know, square miles. No, smaller square, smaller population and smaller uh, square mileage. What's the nearest big town that I've heard of near you? <laughs> uh, Norfolk. Okay. Richmond. So, okay. Are they farther from those two towns than you or closer? Norfolk is closer. They're closer to Norfolk than you are. No, I am closer than they right. Are. That's I was right. Their house is a is worthless because it's out in the middle of freaking nowhere. Come on, man. Well, it's out in the middle of nowhere. Okay. I'm a city boy. When I say middle of nowhere, I mean not like skyscrapers. Okay, I can't see skyscrapers in the distance. Right, that's the middle of nowhere. Price, no, yeah, if there's like cows and chickens and horses, it's the middle of nowhere. Okay, so here's the deal, Ron. If somebody wanted to refer business to you. How many? How 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 far driving distance is it to Norfolk from your house? Oh, twenty minutes. Okay, so minutes. that's close. Okay, so if you want to refer business to the lovely Ron Bagwell, who I would in fact list my house with because he would do a great job as a highly trained fearless agent, you could call him toll free day or night at seven five seven three four eight seventy five zero five. Did you have fun on the podcast, Ron? This was fun. Be I careful when you call me in the future. Right. <laughs> right. So the, so the moral of the story is, once again, we want to thank you, Ron, for joining us, and all of you out there in Radioland for joining us today. Please do visit us at fearlessagent.com. You can watch all of our free videos, and if you think what we do might be a good fit, you can call me directly at 480-385-8810. Please do give us your review, five stars of this podcast. And until next week, always do what all fearless agents, including Ron Badwell, do. Have fun, be humble, but most of all, be fearless. Thanks, gang. Oh,